When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Hello, Ellen. Oh, hey. We're here again this week, and it is time for Mentally Yours, your weekly mental health podcast. This week, we've got a really interesting episode. We're chatting about schizoaffective disorder with Alice Evans. But before we get into that, have a listen to last week's episode, which was also brilliant. It's almost like when you have a profile, you're almost like property to the people. Now, not a lot of people feel that way, but, you know, there is still a large community that feel you are. And by being that, that property, they can speak to you and treat you in any way you wish. Now, if you have a sensitive mindset, that's a recipe for disaster. And I've seen really good friends of mine who have such beautiful souls be destroyed by people. Um, I'm really excited to hear more about schizoaffective disorder because, in all honesty, I don't know what it is. I kind of assumed that it was just part of schizophrenia. Um, I'm not really sure of the distinction, and I've never spoken to anyone who has been diagnosed with it. Mm. So let's find out. So, Alice, thank you so much for coming on Mentally Yours. No problem. So, schizoaffective disorder. Yeah. How is it different from schizophrenia? Um, it's like schizophrenia in the sense that you have a, a psychotic ep episode um, aspect to it, but it is also a little bit like bipolar, which means that you have mood disorder as well. So, it means that you can go up and down in your mood, but also it means that you may have a psychosis as well, so um, like schizophrenia. So, it's a little bit different and a little bit similar to schizophrenia. So, a big old mixed bag, picking yeah. mix of emotions and... 
Yeah, it is a real it is a real mix. Yeah. When did you first get a sense that you were affected by mental health issues? Was it childhood or teenage? I think it was probably childhood. I I was even about four or five, I guess, and I remember having a sort of obsessional nature. So I used to get very frightened of poisons and poisonous plants and had an obsession about my door being a certain point open or closed or at home and I used to worry a lot I was a big worrier as a kid Mm. Um, so yeah I guess when I was really young so I was sort of I I think it started when I was really young but actually Mm. um, I didn't start having the the sort of psychosis as it were until I was in my 20s and what happened sort of for the first one how did it it manifest well I started hallucinating actually and um, seeing things that weren't there hearing voices um, being very confused in a very confused state um, wandering around um, getting on and off buses not quite sure where to go and what to do and being very frightened and overwhelmed by the world really can you remember the sort of things that you were hallucinating it's really hard to remember because actually in that time i it was a, a, an absolute state of fear mm. do you know what i mean so um it wasn't until later that i really was able to sort of put any kind of logic to it or mm. sort of understanding that i was actually hallucinating and it was such a frightening experience that i don't really know how to describe it mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that happened was that I would um, I would hear voices a lot. So when I was um, phoning my parents, I would hear gunshots down the phone and things like that. So it was it was quite frightening. So um, and um, I would hear television voices voices coming out of the television that weren't there in the radio and things like that. So. Um, and that still happens now when I have psychosis. At what point did you get help or kind of realise what was happening? I can't actually remember the first time I got help. Um, I think it, I ended up getting taken to see a psychiatrist. And that was the first time I got help. I spent um, a few weeks just before Christmas in a mental hospital at the time. And, um, yeah... That was when I got help. Is that when you also received a diagnosis? No, I didn't get a diagnosis until I was nearly 30. So I spent some time living with my parents for 10 years, actually, um, being too frightened to leave the house, pretty much. I had other jobs occasionally, but I'd lose them pretty quickly because I'd get unwell. So I'd try and get work and maintain employment, but I would be eventually lose those jobs because of my mental health condition. And also because of the stigma attached to it, I think. How did you feel when you finally were diagnosed? Was it a relief to actually know what you were sort of dealing with? Um, or were you scared of the sort of the, the name itself? Um, I think it actually gave me some degree of understanding of what I've been going through. So in a way it was useful because the diagnosis meant I had something to fight against and fight fight, rather than being in a state where I didn't necessarily quite understand what I was dealing with. So the diagnosis gave me something to research, it gave me something to understand and it gave me a different way of reacting to the world, which is actually a lot more positive these days than possibly it was at those times, you know. What's helped you in terms of managing the condition? Um mostly reconnecting with the world actually um visual art has helped me immensely realizing that i couldn't work in a conventional environment 
because of my diagnosis, I went back to college mm-hmm. and I was really fortunate at the time things I was able to get funding to go back to university. Mm. Nowadays, I think it would be different, but it actually enabled me to make artwork again and connect with other people and meet people that were like-minded, I think. We all experience mental health in different ways, but actually meeting people through the artwork I do has been immensely valuable and having a creative output as well has been immensely valuable to what I do and also to how I regard myself because if you're really struggling with your mental health sometimes you can feel very negatively towards yourself a lot of the time and you can feel very anxious but actually the first time I did art was in a hospital and I started drawing because it was the only thing that I could do to take away some of the voices and the fearful stuff that was going on. Can you tell us a bit more about your art, how that's developed, the kind of things that you focus on now? Well, I find the world rather chaotic. I don't, I'm sure everyone does, but actually art gives me a focus to sort of contain that chaos. Do you know what I mean? So... I write poems and I make films and I do photography and all of those kind of feed into a sort of controlling that sort of chaos of the world. So I find that quite a useful process. You mentioned meeting other people on a sort of a similar kind of maybe similar backgrounds or similar mindsets. Have you met many people who have the same diagnosis as you? Absolutely, yeah. I've met lots of them. And actually, I think sometimes... It's been useful talking to other people who have the similar experiences because you have people that you don't feel so alone, actually, and you can share um, tips and support each other. And I've met lots of people with the same diagnosis, and actually um, it's been a really useful experience. And also, I don't know, a diagnosis is not necessarily a useful thing to everyone, but um, I feel that actually there's so much variety in the way in which mental health expresses itself that we all have a mental health. It just happens to fluctuate for different people. So, How did you meet those people? Was that in the different ways? Was that to different charities? or Some people I've met in hospital, but I haven't really stayed in touch with them. Um, but mostly it's been in day-to-day life, you know? Um, Since I've been open about my experiences, I think that a lot of people have shared with me how they've coped with things. And um, I think that's how I've met people, really. Mm. And also, it's not always possible for everyone to be open about their diagnosis or their... Not just diagnosis, but their experiences of mental health. Mm. It's really difficult in some industries to be open about your experiences. Yeah. and there's a lot of pressure not to be open about things. And that helps contribute in some ways to stigma. Because if people realise just how widespread mental health conditions were, then there might be more supportive employment available. Mm. And in some ways, although my mind works differently, I find it's of value in certain ways. How do you mean? Well, um, particularly in, um, in a creative sense, I find it useful but then maybe that's just the sense I've made out of my situation Um, thinking differently isn't always a bad thing sometimes it can be a good thing I think you can possibly be more empathetic towards other people and less judgmental 
if you've been through shit. So um, you can also find that having thinking differently about things can result in alternative ways of thinking about the world and opening up possibilities and creativity or in whatever form that might be in whatever work environment or non-work environment you're in you know um yeah and also having a creative mind has been useful in the sense that it's allowed me to escape into my head some of the more difficult feelings and experiences i've had you know so i my creativity means that i don't always have to um creativity has been sort of a a bit of a useful a good outlet a good outlet maybe yeah um you mentioned earlier about going into a mental health unit before christmas i think if you've got friends who've got relatives in hospital then i would say don't be frightened to give them a ring and just see how their son, daughter, wife, mother, cousin, whoever is doing, you know, because actually families can feel very isolated too. Mm. Um, And actually reaching out and supporting and connecting with people that have got family members in hospital is really important. And also just visit people. I mean, I know when I was really unwell, I was saying some quite strange things and feeling in a very frightened state Um, but it meant a lot to me that people visited I had a friend who was absolutely terrified of the idea of going to a a hospital Um, and she um, drove through the rain to come and see me and I just I found that profoundly important to me later you know so going back to the different people that you've met um, with schizoaffective disorder um, what have their experiences been in comparison to your own? I don't know. I think we all have experienced depression and um, l- a lot of psychosis and um, difficulty with employment. And um, I think there's a lot more in common we have than anything different. Do you know what I mean? But actually, um, everyone's mental health expresses itself in a different way. So... Um, I really don't know what's different. I know that, um, yeah, I, there aren't that many people I know with schizoaffective disorder, to be honest. But mm. I, I think I know a lot of people who've experienced some kind of mental health condition. Mm. Did you experience any kind of misdiagnosis? Because it's quite an unusual condition or it's between conditions. Um, I wouldn't know. Mm. Um, I don't think so. Mm. Um I still have the so-called symptoms of of psychosis and um, depression and elation and um, I still am reliant on friends and family to support me as far as like my day-to-day life is concerned. I don't think there's... I wouldn't think that I'd had a misdiagnosis. Mm. Um, originally, they thought I had schizophrenia, um, for a long time but I think that sometimes diagnoses change just as your mental health condition changes um, so I don't think I've been misdiagnosed ever but my mental health diagnosis may have shifted over time mm. No, it's an interesting way to think about it actually because yeah that's a completely valid point like symptoms change and experiences change so it makes sense the diagnosis would too mm. 
Going back to the time that you were in um, mental health unit yourself. Yeah. Um, what sort of experience did you have there? I've had five or six inpatient admissions to a mental health unit. Um, I think it, it's hard to remember because at those times I was so finding life so difficult and very traumatic that a lot of the experience is almost blanked from my memory a little bit. Mm. Um, the one thing I remember mostly is just trying to um, get well and drawing a lot and um, yeah that was it just drawing because that gave me a focus to not focus on some of the the experiences I was having in my head you know mm. so it actually got some of the experience that I was some of my feelings and my experiences out onto the page mm. which helped me to um, not keep them in my head <laughs> You mentioned that you um, rely on your family and friends still. Mm. How do they support you and how do they help you? My family and friends do a lot of good things. Um, mostly they, they're very accepting of me and that's really important. Um, they're also um, kind and thoughtful. I hope I'm the same for them. Um, I, I speak to my mum most days because I have high levels of anxiety and I tend to rely on my parents. I'm 40 now and actually I still rely on speaking to my mother regularly, which is unusual at the age of 40 that you would speak regularly to your, that regularly to your parents. Um, I still speak to, yeah, I sp still speak to my siblings a lot um, and I get a lot of support from my friends. They just they're just there, you know. Mm. They're just there and they um they're kind, you know. Mm. I think beyond anything else, they're just kind and yeah. you know, present. I think it's culture as well though generally, isn't it? Because you said about some other people don't speak to their mums as regularly, but I've got friends who um who speak to their mums every day and I think probably will continue to do so just because that's part of their culture. Mm. Mm. So I think having that support system in place can be huge. Yeah. It's so helpful. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't always get on well with my parents. Mm. They would say I was a pain in the ass sometimes. But um, it's important for me in some way to get the reassurance still, which is really embarrassing at the age of 40 that you need reassurance from your parents. But some days I don't feel like getting up in the morning or, you know, I just I just feel very frightened of the world and... Um, my friends will turn up at that point because they know if they haven't heard from me for a while they will turn up and they'll say come on what's going on um, there's a depressing band called Tinder Sticks my friend Helen if I'm ever putting I've got this seat they're a really good band actually to be honest but it's um, quite depressing music and Helen always listens to what my, is on my playlist and if she sees Tinder Sticks on there she knows <laughs> that there's something going on you know so it's sort of you know and also, I think it's the human connections we make with other people that are the most important to our survival with a mental health condition. You're not on your own, and um, there are lots of people that understand, even if they might not express it. And I've had unusual support from places I wouldn't even 
expect. So, yeah, it's not just friends and family, but just people generally that have got a kind heart and generally decent, good people. So, and they come from all sorts of places and not always expected, you know. Mm. I had a time once when I was getting on and off buses in Camden and was very frightened and um, depressed and hallucinating. And the bus driver sang... Um, Three Little Birds by Bob Marley all the way home. He missed his stop. He was supposed to take a break, but he could see I was unwell and asked me where I was getting off. So he drove past the bus stop and turned up at um, Camden, where I lived. Just drove me home. So that was pretty impressive. And I didn't know the guy, you know, but he was just looking out for people, you know. Um, so you've brought me a lovely book. Um, thanks very much. It's no problem. And Still I Rise by Maya Angelou. I never actually know whether it's Maya or Maya. I always thought Maya. It's usually Maya, I think. Mm. Okay, Maya Angelou. Um, tell me what's special about this. Um, well, I just really like the way she speaks and her positive quotes about the world, one of, them, one of which was um, about being a rainbow in someone else's cloud. And I found that actually quite a lot of people have been that for me. Mm. And also, she said, um, we're more alike than we are unalike. And I mm. think that's really important in far, as far as mental health is concerned, um, because quite often people can see people with a mental health condition as other or something different or be frightened. But actually, um, fear is the opposite of love and what connects us. And I think that's why I brought you that book, because actually fear is... Um, not useful to recovery really it's a state of fear I've had I've had a state of fear with mental health problems and um, Maya Angelou's quote that we're more alike and than we are unalike is really vital to um, the way in which I hope and think that people could find a better way of responding to each other in the world and I just think she's an amazing poet with any of the issues we've discussed today please contact the Samaritans on 116 123 or go to the website at samaritans.org If you've enjoyed listening to our show then please give us a review on iTunes You could also have a chat with us at the Mentally Yours Facebook group where we're chatting about all kinds of things to do with mental health or you can follow us on Twitter which is at Mentally Yours Yours spelt Y-R-S Thanks again to Alice and to our producer Sam and also to Lucy Baker for the jingles. See you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.